No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. Willie T. Ribs has often been called the Jackie Robinson of motorsports. 1991, he became the first African-American driver to qualify for the Indy 500. His life and career are the subjects of a new documentary co-directed by Adam Carolla, Uppity, the Willie T. Ribs story, and Adam Carolla joins us now. Adam, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. Adam, uh, it's a fascinating story, and I I come away from watching the documentary with one thought. Why don't more people know Willie T. Ribs' story? How how has it been obscured over the course of the last 30 years? I don't know. I'm not sure how the zeitgeist works. I don't know. You know, we all know who Monica Lewinsky is, and we don't know who Willie T. Ribs is, and that's just kind of the, that's the cycle. That's the news cycle. But that's the reason you make a documentary. Exactly. And, and this is his story from from the beginning. There's so many twists and turns. And the climax of the story, I hope I'm not giving anything away, is the qualification process in May 1991 for the Indy 500. But it was a struggle. By that point, he'd really been a professional racer for 14 years. And there's so many um, people whose paths he crosses in that time, people like Bruce Jenner and Don King and Bill Cosby. There's so much to the story. As a storyteller, how did you try to maintain focus here? Well, you know, we discussed, you know, having Bill Cosby in, having Caitlyn Jenner in, like, <laughs> would that be a distraction, uh, so on and so forth. But we we realized that you know, my motto with these docs is the story is the story. We're not really allowed to write the story. We have to tell the story. These are events that already existed. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner plays a part in a chapter of Willie's life, and so does Don King, and so does Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby plays a, a major part in Willie T's racing career, and you know, documentaries aren't a popularity contest. It's not like, well, we don't like that guy now, so it can't be in the documentary. Uh, I mean, ha- hell, half the documentaries are about serial killers. So I don't think it's about how popular you are with the neighbors. Uh, so my feeling is, is let's get Willie to tell a story. However it happened, that's how we're going to document it. And it's our job to craft it in a, in a very compelling way, but it's not our job to decide who's in and who's out. We're speaking with Adam Carolla. He's the co-director of the new documentary. You can see it on Netflix, Uppity, the Willie T. Rib story. And um, you've directed documentaries about racing before five years ago, the Paul Newman story. And Paul Newman is part of this story as well. How did Willie T. Ribs become a driver in the first place? His dad did a little amateur racing. He was, he grew up on kind of a farm that had like mini bikes and go-karts and trucks and stuff. He could slide around the dirt roads of the farm, but mostly it was in him. Uh, he just wanted to go fast. I, most race car drivers 
just have that in them. If you talk to any uh, rock and roll drummer, they'll tell you the same thing. They just uh, when they were five, they're banging on pots and pans. It's, it's in them. Um, I, I, you know, everyone has, you know, comedians have something that's in them. Drummers have something that's in them. Uh, race car drivers have something that's in them. It's in them. Uh, and it was in him. And I, you know, I don't know how, you know, maybe God is the one who sorts that stuff out, but it was in him and he, he, he had some access to it because his dad did a little bit of amateur racing and he grew up with a neighbor who did racing as well and then when he's when he's in his early 20s he goes off to england to compete in formula four in 1977 what happens when willie goes to england he may have gone god he may have been 19 even he may have been late uh late late teens instead of going to college he goes off to race the formula ford in england he wins, which is kind of a big deal, which is if you win Formula Ford, you know, there's steps. It's, it's, it's you know, Formula Ford, maybe it's Formula V, maybe um, it goes to Formula Atlantic, then maybe maybe it goes to F1, or maybe it goes from Formula Atlantic to Indy and then F1, or what have you, but it's a stepping stone. And if you win... Formula Ford in England, it's kind of like being the highest recruited basketball player at a at a high school. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean you're going to be a pro, but it, it it certainly looks good. And uh, he came back to the United States, and nobody had any interest in him racing. And unlike basketball, racing takes money and it takes sponsorship. And if you don't have the equipment. You don't have the sponsorship. You don't have the money. You can't be competitive. It doesn't matter how poor LeBron James was when he was 17 or Kobe Bryant was when they were 17. They're still going to the show uh, because all you need is a pair of trunks and a, and a, and a jersey. In, in, in automotive racing, you need a lot of money. And if you're not getting sponsorship, you're not, you're not racing. And he couldn't get sponsorship. He has the success in Formula Ford, not Formula Four, as I said. There is a Formula Four now and a Formula Three, but Formula Ford. Uh, and he comes back and he can't get opportunities. One of the amazing things about his story is that he raced everything. Every He would drive anything, anywhere to get a chance to pursue his dream. Um, one thing he certainly demonstrated over the years, which not a lot of guys have done, is proficiency with basically anything on four wheels. Yeah, and there's been some guys that have driven in, in, you know, different series. And, you know, for the most part, if a guy can drive, a guy can drive. But they don't normally hop from Formula Atlantic to the Trans Am Series, which is a much, you know, totally different beast. Uh, the cars are, you know, one is a little open wheel sort of momentum car. The other is just a big brute. Um, I've driven some of Newman's Trans Am cars, and I can tell you they're just big, beefy brutes, and um, and they're heavy, and they slide around, and that's just a different animal altogether. But, you know, he didn't have the luxury of having a choice. He, he had to take what he could get. The thing that stands out as well from this documentary, Adam, is that he's a big personality. I mean, he he's a compelling character. 
he has a remarkable way with words. It must have been fun for you guys just to hear him tell his story because he does so in such a compelling, um, uh, narrative-driven way. Yeah, when we went to work on the Newman doc, uh, winning the racing life of Paul Newman, we went to work on that doc. We went to interview Willie because he was a part of Newman's world as well. Uh, as soon as we got done interviewing Willie, uh, we just announced this guy's a soundbite machine, and he's going to be our next doc. That was our that was our our humble take on on Willie. So you know when you make a doc, we made um, the twenty four hour war, which is Ford v Ferrari, the documentary, um, and then we made the uh, Carol Shelby doc, Shelby American, which is because we were making the Ford versus Ferrari doc, we, of course we had a big chapter on, on Shelby in there. And so like one doc begats the next. So once we were three quarters of the way done with Newman, we just started working on uppity because we, we knew this guy was, was a compelling, his story was compelling, but he was compelling himself. In 1985, when he's about 30 years old, it looks like he's going to become the first African-American to qualify at the Indy 500 to race in the Indy 500, but it becomes a fiasco. What, what happened? You know, I'm not 100% sure what the actual truth is, but from Willie's telling of it and other people's telling of it, he got a race team that didn't want him there. And they may not have wanted him there because of his personality, may not want him there because of the color of his skin. But they did not give him a car that was safe at that speed. And a lot of it, Indy, it's all about the car, it's all about the setup, and it's all about the speed. And, you know, for those people who are, who are casual uh, fans of racing, at 200 miles an hour, you have no idea how big downforce plays and aerodynamics plays and just how to dial the car in to get around that corner at 200 miles an hour, because if it's not dialed in, it's, it's going to go off the track and you can, you can easily die. Willie was having difficulty. The car wasn't set up. His people, the people, the engineers weren't talking to him. They weren't helping him. They weren't guiding him. You really need input from your team in those cars and he just wasn't getting it. And he was really thought he was going to kill himself. Uh, he didn't feel safe in the car and the car wasn't set up correctly. So he got out and he walked away and uh, then he was kind of known as a chicken, you know, as he was humiliated. They, they were like, Willie can't handle the speed. You know, the Trans Am cars are fast, but they're not going 205 miles an hour. The circuit in which he had had success already. And it happened very suddenly, the 85 thing. He he meets Don King in Las Vegas. Don King says it's going to happen. He gets sponsorship from Miller Beer, but he was not comfortable with the setup of his car and the team felt it was unsafe. He walked away. At that point, as you say, it was, it was humiliating, although Willie uh, had so much self-confidence that probably was not punctured. But... Where does he think he's going to go from there? He goes back into Trans Am, and he also wanted to get into F1. He was, uh, would have been the first black driver in F1, and he, he went on to test 
in F1 and, and, and proved to be real quick in an F1 car, but the politics sort of came into play once again, and uh, he, he didn't get a ride in F1. And Bernie Ecclestone in your documentary says he would have loved to have had uh, a, a black champion, world champion at that time, but it was something he, he couldn't quite make happen. Of course, now Lewis Hamilton, uh, who is a black Englishman, is the best driver in the world, the best is certainly open wheel and has been a uh, world champion. What is it now? Six times? I've, I've kind of lost track. Uh, but, but Willie T. Ribs is testing Formula One cars in Portugal in 1986, but he doesn't get the shot again. No, he doesn't get the shot again. And, um, you know, uh, again, it's a lot of politics, you know, discrimination, I guess, you know, that, that he was racing. The, the team he was trying out for was an Italian team, and they wanted an Italian driver, or at least someone who looked Italian. And they, they, uh, they once again sent Willie Packett. And so we had to go back and see if we could get another Trans Am ride. We're speaking with Adam Carolla, the co-director of the new documentary, Uppity, the Willie T. Ribs story. And as we said earlier, you know, your film builds to a climax with the 1991 Indianapolis 500. And at that time, six years after what happened uh, at the 85 race where he decided he could not compete safely, he he is struggling to qualify. Um, his car, he doesn't have the resources, although Bill Cosby is partially financing him. He doesn't have the resources to compete with the big teams. They're operating on a shoestring budget, but they are full of hope anyway that they're somehow going to get this done. But it's not working out until pretty much at the 11th hour uh, Willie T is told that his team has a secret weapon and this somehow uh, makes the difference. Can you tell us that story, Adam? Yeah, he's blowing up engines. They're out of money. Cosby, Cosby got over his skis. Cosby said, I'm going to sponsor you, but don't worry. I'm in with Coke and Jello and, you know, Kodak and everybody, and I'm going to just go to them and tell them to sponsor you. But if they don't, I'll sponsor you. But I don't think he thought he was really going to have to sponsor it. And uh, sure enough, all the major sponsors that Bill was in business with wouldn't cough up, wouldn't fork over any money. So now Bill was on the hook. So Bill said, all right, you got 250 grand. And 250 grand is, is not enough to feel the car really competently. You need backup cars and backup engines and blah, blah, blah. They ended up blowing up engines and it got down to the last day of qualifying. And one of the last qualifying qualifiers of the, of the week qualifying week, and they're pretty much going out at, you know, five in the afternoon. And that was it. Uh, they were on the bubble and Willie was not able to find speed. And, at some point, the race engineer said, you know, I have these magical tires, and uh, we're going to put them on. And I, and it gave Willie somehow the confidence. I mean, he didn't say magical tires, but, a, you know, super set of super tires. And uh, 
it just gave Willie that extra that he needed. Adam, uh, Willie T. Ribs qualifying and racing in the Indy 500 in 1991. You're a historian of the sport. What is what is the significance ultimately of that achievement? Well, I, I think it was a time and where every other sport was integrated, but racing wasn't integrated. And it was really the last of, of, of a, you know, it, it, it was like a, a, a holdover from the, the country as it was, you know, that everything else, music and basketball and football and all the sports and even politics and, and every other field was sort of the country as it, as it is now. But, but, Racing was like the country as it was, like in the 50s, you know, or the 60s. And so it was really the last thing. I mean, I, I guess if you think about it, you know, tennis and, 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 and every other, even, even the sort of fringe sports, and, and again, I don't know, the culture and politics and everything else had been like fully integrated, but racing wasn't. Racing was still just an all-white sport. And... uh so to me, uh, uh, sort of, it had the global impact of it was is it was the last domino to fall in terms of of integration. Adam Carolla's new documentary, which he co-directed with Nate Adams, is Uppity: The Willie T. Rib Story. You can download it at chassis, C-H-A-S-S-Y dot com. You can also order the Blu-ray with all the extras. Also on the website, Adam's other motorsports documentaries, such as the 24-Hour War, are available. Adam, it's a pleasure having you back on The Sporting Life to talk about this fascinating film. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for taking the time. I'm Jeremy Schapp. And you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.